And that's one of the things that I'm most proud of myself for mm-hmm. is noticing that I was broken. Mm-hmm. Right. Which, which, uh, when you're a warrior in battle, the last thing you want to tell anybody is that, is that it hurts or that you don't know what you're doing or, uh, you know, you're, you're screwing up and you're not sure why. And, and like the, the, you know, I, I did a lot of things really good, but the one thing that I like that I really did right was in that in the middle of that, I wasn't okay with, with hurting the people around me. Mm-hmm. I raised my hand and said, let, let me try and figure this out. Let's go talk to some people. Welcome to the Reboot Podcast. Welcome again to the Reboot Podcast. I am Dan Putt. I wanted to do something a little different in this introduction. As I was listening to this conversation, which we're about to share with you today, I immediately thought of this poem, and I wanted to share it with you. Your great mistake is to act the drama as if you were alone, as if life were a progressive and cunning crime with no witness to the tiny hidden transgressions. To feel abandoned is to deny the intimacy of your surroundings. Surely even you, at times, have felt the grand array, the swelling presence, and the chorus crowding out your solo voice. You must note the way the soap dish enables you, or the window latch grants you freedom. Alertness is the hidden discipline of familiarity. The stairs are your mentor of things to come, and doors have always been there to frighten you and invite you. And the tiny speaker in the phone is your dream ladder to divinity. Put down the weight of your aloneness and ease into the conversation. The kettle is singing even as it pours you a drink. And the cooking pots have left their arrogant aloofness and seen the good in you at last. All the birds and creatures of the world are unutterably themselves. Everything, everything is waiting for you. The first time I heard this poem, and I had heard it before, but the first time I really heard it, I was standing out in the tall grass at the beautiful Devil's Thumb Ranch high in the Rocky Mountains with a bright autumn sun on my face and surrounded by confused boot campers. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I thought about all the ways I can trick and lie to myself in an attempt to keep me safe, when in fact I'm really denying myself the very thing that I want the most the thing that I so deeply desire, which is really a strong connection with the world around me and the people around me. And I've always told myself that what I wanted was really always out there. And it required so much work and effort and reaching and struggle when in fact it's here, it's around me. And just letting down my guard, lowering the walls, it's here, it's waiting for me and you. It's really been a privilege to know and get to know our guests today and watch his journey of letting go and embracing vulnerability. Al Doan is the chairman, co-founder, and former CEO of Missouri Star Quilt Company. And Al had a moment last year where he realized he was broken. He took the risk. He was vulnerable. He asked for help. Ultimately came to a reboot boot camp and opened up to what he wanted most, what he had been preventing himself from having, and was all around him, love. He shares his story with Jerry, and they explore the powerful and terrifying process of letting go. 
Enjoy. Leadership roles present women with a unique set of challenges and frustrations. November 9th through the 12th, join 15 leaders who identify as women and immerse yourself in the complexity and vulnerability of being a female executive at the Reboot Retreat Center in Boulder, Colorado. Give yourself and your leadership a reboot at this women-only boot camp. Learn more at reboot.io slash women. Hey, Al, it's great to see you. Can you take a moment and just sort of introduce yourself? Yeah, so uh, Al Doan, let's see, I'm from, from Missouri. I'm a, I'm a big bearded giant from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And formerly, well, so I, I'm chairman of the board for the Missouri Star Quilt Company, which is a, uh, it's just a behemoth of quilting. If, you, if you're in that space or if you have a mother, she's in that space. They love quilting. And uh, so that's what I've been doing for the last decade. You're 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 a you're a juggernaut in the uh, quilting business. A mogul quilting. <laughs> that's right. And um, we met just about a year ago, if I recall, through Nicole Glaros. Yeah, from Mama, Mama Glaros. He's Mama great. Glaros, who someday I actually have to get on the podcast, but she'll probably be reluctant to come on because she'll cry. And. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, but she is not a bearded giant, but she is one hell of a boxer. So we no, she's say, awesome. We should say yeah. that. No, I, I, yeah, that's right. It was about a year ago because I, I had approached her. I started reaching into my network uh, as I was struggling through some stuff and said, "Can you help?" And she was so empathetic and just held me for a minute as I leaned into her shoulder and cried and uh, said, "Let me introduce you to my buddy Jerry." And then you, you gave me a call while I was driving cross country. Uh, I stopped in some random place in in uh, South Dakota or something. Just had, had a good chat with you in the car. That was great, man. Yeah, yeah. What was it that you were reaching out for? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I had uh, I I brought in a great guy into our company. Uh, his name's Rick. Uh, I had done some consulting with him. He's like a change management consultant. One of those gray hairs that's seen everything and done everything. And uh, in our company, I was like, man, I'd love to just have you in with us in the fray telling you know i'm seeing new things all the time our our company got to be about 450 employees by the time i i stepped down this year so it's i mean it scaled up real real big in in spaces that i didn't know and so i had brought this guy in who i really respect and he was great and uh and i found myself just you know sort of snapping at him a lot and we'd be in meetings and he he had a style of management that was not my style of management and uh, I'm I'm not a shouter. I'm not a yeller. I don't get angry. And uh, with with this guy, with Rick, I man, I just he I started battling him for some reason. I would I'd really kind of go after him on stuff. And then I'd show up two hours later and say, hey, man, that wasn't me. You know, that's not me. Mm-hmm. And he'd say, oh, well, I, of course. Like, I know you. We're best friends. We've known each other for years. Like, absolutely. I'll, I forgive you. And I, I did this three or four times and I realized the pattern that I was creating. And I, he and I actually went on the, uh, on the journey to try and find some, you know, either, either I just needed to de-stress or talk to somebody or something, mm-hmm. but, uh, we kind of joined each other at the hip and went looking for solutions to what, what I was going through. Yeah. I remember our call. And um, I'll embarrass you by saying I kind of fell in love with you in that call. You know, um, I get a lot of folks who sort of reach out here and there. And, and I, you know, to the degree that I can, I make myself available for those conversations. 
But I remember thinking, I really want to know this guy. I really like, I really wanted to get to know this guy. And I was super excited when you signed up to come to the Tuscany boot camp, uh, mostly because I wanted to see you eat Italian food. But you know, <laughs> I, I love that. I, I love that. I was nervous. I was nervous about that because uh, I was like, "Hey, I'm not a drinker. Yeah. It's not my thing." You're like, "Like, we got you, man. We'll come through." I, but I was—I'd never done anything like that before. It was such a big jump for me to uh, to decide I was going to go with a with a bunch of other people and uh, and spend time trying to feel better about life. So I had all these dumb reasons that were popping up. I was like, ah, that's why I should. That's why I should. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. I'm, I'm really extremely grateful that I, uh, I took that jump as well, man. Yeah, and and as I recall, you connected pretty well with some of the folks there, including uh, um, a couple that are uh, mutual friends of ours now. Yeah, uh, no. Carrie, Kirsten, ba- Kerry, yeah, yeah, Carrie Barry, Carrie and Kirsten Barry, who uh, who uh, Carrie has been on the podcast. And they're so my absolute favorite people in this world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so here, here was the Midwestern bearded giant hanging out with uh, a couple who own a boxing gym. Um, and the three of you were like um, bonded at the hip. Yeah, we ended up, we ended up spending a couple of days over in Pisa after the program had a boy. I mean, it just it, you, you tend to attract really good people. Uh, to your group. I've had a similar experience with some of the people I've met through the circles, yeah. right? It just, uh, when, when you get good, well-intentioned people that are trying to aim down the same road, uh, you tend to make fast friends with a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think when, when we show up with our willingness to be our authentic self, which as you noted is scary. Yeah. Um, one of the things that happens is that you're met by people who are willing to be their authentic self. And then you get to be kind of your own broken, open, kind of messy, honest, honest selves together. Yeah. So. No, I, was, I mean, it's just, that is really special, right? It, like you spend a lot of your, uh, what well, as, as, as success has found me, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's changed like it's changed me in some ways, right? Just as, as I worry about different things and I struggle with different things and my vulnerabilities come out in different ways. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and your social circle, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but it didn't scale with me. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I had like my same support group. Who's great. I got a great family, good, good friends. Uh, but, but my support group, my social circle didn't scale up to uh, to handle those same problems. And so without realizing it, I had a need or a desire to interact with people on some in some different ways and uh, relating to some different topics. And so I like reboot was I mean, that's it's that cold water in the desert. Right. You don't even you don't even realize it until you get there and you're like this. This is exactly what I've been needing. Mm-hmm. So. Well, part, part of what prompted us. Um, to sort of say, oh man, we got to talk to Al and, and have him come on the podcast was an email you wrote to us back in October. And, you know, I did give you some warning on this. So I thought it would be kind of awesome to just start off with you reading that note to me that you wrote in October. Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, so October, this is, we, we did the boot camp in June. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'd been home for just a couple of months. And I said, hey, Jerry, I just wanted to, dro- to drop a note and say thanks again for taking time to spend with me. I'm in a reboot circle with Andy now. Andy's great, by the way. Mm-hmm. And have just been greatly benefited by all the interactions with that crew. I love the reminders that get me back to center. Since coming back from Italy about a month and a half ago, I decided to step down as CEO. Uh, as we dug into the root of what was driving me in the business, a lot of it was the desire for risk and to try big things. At the stage the quilt company is in, it doesn't need that. It needs a steady hand. So I decided to step down and put my CFO in my stead. Uh, It immediately gave room for my other two business partners to also ask to step back. And we've all put wheels in motion to ease the strain on ourselves and move to board seats and hire people to do the day-to-day work that we were doing. It feels like the world is lifted from my shoulders, man. Sobbing tears of nostalgia as I walk my mom and sisters through the decision. But it feels right for me. I'll take a few weeks off and then likely jump into something interesting with people I want to be around and keep plugging away at new things. As soon as this happened, like days after I decided it, I met the girl I'm dating now. I'm actually engaged to her now. Yes, Mazel Tov. Thank you. Uh, She's great. First girl I've said I love you to in maybe seven years, and it feels pretty dang great. A six-foot yoga instructor that adores me. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, Something connected there about making time, putting your head right, and good things happening in your life. ton of love for you, man. Thanks for the support and interest. You and your team have been an incredible part of my journey this year. Mm. So, you know, Jerry, slow down. Yeah. What's it like rereading that note after a few months now? It's actually it's actually a good reminder of uh, of how great that felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah, I, that, uh, I remember feeling almost that the freedom that came with that that decision. Uh, the you know I, eyes wide open to the pain and and difficulty of going through it, but man, I I, I saw light. It was pretty pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sobbing tears of nostalgia as I walk my mom and sisters through the decision. Yeah. What was that about? Because, you know, I, I sort of know the story of mom and your sisters and the company, but say more. Yeah. So, uh, so this, this quote company, we started it for mom back in the day. And uh, now, you know, I hired my dad away from his job at the newspaper and my siblings work with us and, you know, there's there's about five five kids, two parents. The uh, you know all my my cousins and everybody like they work there, and they've been a part of this story. And uh, so as I as I broach the subject with mom, you know everything becomes like this. This has been our life together. All the value that we've built with each other, the ties that we have to each other, uh, have sort of been consumed by this business. Mm-hmm. On the and on the one hand starting to work on things together that aren't business is really, really healthy. But on the other hand, uh, I mean, every, every brick in that business was put there by us. And we, I mean, sit down and you talk about the, the nights where you were there until 4am cutting and it was just the family and we were just, we made it work and how crazy it is that we're here. And, and uh, you know, the buildings that we've built, the insulation I've shoveled out myself and, like it's, it was those kind of moments as we just, we'd talk about like the future and then just sort of break it, break into tears about uh, 
how great it's been up to this point, kind of honoring that that uh, journey that we had together, mm -hmm. I think. And, you know, I think that uh, the experience of building something remarkable, 450 employees, and, you know, I know you well enough, Al, to know that um, this isn't even about the revenue that you generate, but it's about the lives that you touch. And, um, you know, those employees all have family. And those employees all have ch children and, and, and wishes and dreams. And this crazy little quilt company, <laughs> this juggernaut of a quilt company, right? Um, not only your family holding that, but all of that together. Very powerful experience, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, it really, it really was. I mean, it's my, it's my community. It's where I live. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, the people I go to church with, the, the family I have there, I begged for almost a decade to get those those people to believe in me. And as they did, they were rewarded, right? Like I did a good thing. We we got jobs, money in the community and everything. Everything's been uh, been on the up and up. And then to. Uh, I mean, honestly, to try and to try and step back and say I'm more than than just this has been. Uh, not the easiest thing that I've ever done, mm -hmm. but, uh, but, uh, you know, as we, as we started, as I started working on trying to understand myself better, it, it created such a place for me to receive that, mm -hmm. right. I was looking, I was looking for that, uh, like, what am I about sort of conversation? Who am I like, what do I really want out of life? And it's funny when you're in a company, man, when you're building, uh, it's who you are. That's it. Like I wake up and I pull out the laptop and I start working on this. And, uh, you know, when we'd have customer service trouble mm -hmm. or, you know, orders weren't getting out on time. Like it's so personal to you. It's so dramatic because this is, this is, uh, they're insulting your ability to build a company or they, or they hate the company that you built or how you did it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so to kind of, kind of come away from that and try and remember your identity. Like I, I, uh, I don't know, even, even just what did I used to do when I didn't fill my time with this? Now I'm, so I'm two months on the other side, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm stepping back mm -hmm. and, uh, I, I still, uh, can't figure out what I want to do with my time. It's a very interesting space, but I'm, I, I love, I love feeling withdrawals and, and getting that out of my system, you know, sort of recognizing mm -hmm. that that uh, you're being pulled in all these directions. And that wasn't what I wanted. That's, that wasn't how I wanted to balance my life. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm going to bring you back to another piece of your uh, note to me, because it's extraordinary. And this is the six foot yoga instructor. <laughs> and, and again, this is important because Al Doan is how tall? I'm six, seven. Yeah, this yeah. matters. So, so size matters. Okay. <laughs> and, um, or shall we say height matters? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, um, not to reveal too much, but I remember in Italy, this yeah. actually was an issue for you, wasn't it? No. Uh, yeah, no, it absolutely was. I mean, I'm 30, I'm 34. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, you know, and I've, I've wanted to be married since I was 15. Right. I'm sort of that that guy that like I just want a family. I want to I want somebody to come home to. You know, I'm not I'm not a right. uh, in love with the scene, the dating scene and everything. You know, like I just don't love starting relationships, breaking them, starting over. Right. And 
Yeah, no, I, I, I really battled with, with as, as I sort of built a cycle where this, the company was a great crutch for me, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it always needed more time. You know, I kind of had this thing in my head where, you know, when you're trying to decide what to do with your Friday night, do you, do you go out on a date where maybe you're not going to be super successful or do I stay home and work where I know I'm going to kill it. And uh, you just start leaning into this space or the, or the relationship. It's good for the first four months and then it gets hard and you're like, you know, this is great, but I got this company that really needs me right now. And so, and that's my family. Yeah. It's, it's my community. It's all these people need me. And so you're trying to infringe on that. I'm going to get out of here. Right. Right. Which of course is just a distraction from what the challenge of actually being in relationship is. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But we all, we have our favorite lies that we tell ourselves, right? Amen, brother. And so, and so in the midst of that, like that was, I mean, that was one of my things that I realized I was really struggling with. And as we, we spent time in Italy, that was one of those things of like, what do you, what do you want? <laughs> I'm like, well, I, I'd really like to have this marriage thing figured out. I'd love to be with somebody and, and sort of know uh, how all that was going to turn out. Because I worry, like I worried in my own head that I'd put my head down for eight years and built this company. And then I lifted up and said, oh, oh, wait, what about me? And then maybe I'd missed the boat. Maybe, maybe I waited too long or I did it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I didn't, I mean, it was, it was great. And, uh, and going through sort of going through that process of, of, I don't know for me, for me, I think I needed to step back. Like, I don't think I would have, I don't think I could have dated her name's Drea. I don't think I could have dated her a year ago. Mm-hmm. I don't think I, I, I think I would have been in a bad spot. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have seen her for who she is, or she wouldn't have been able to see me. I mean, like I was not the person uh, that, that maybe you wanted you want to uh, join your life to uh, a year ago, but I am now. Yeah. You, you know, I think you always were that person because I'm remembering again, the phone call while you were in South Dakota. Yeah. Um, And I think that, um, and I relate to this in my own story. Um we build these sort of exoskeletons of stuff, the lies we tell ourselves, the personas we take on because we're supposed to be something. And um, they're quite protective of this soft, gooey inside, but they prevent us from having the connection that we deeply desire. Yeah. The, our, our shadows are, and that what we call them. Yeah. But it's funny. It's funny. Cause no, I think you're right. I think, I think I was, I think I was a great person, but I, I didn't, I wouldn't let anybody else tell me that. Right. I, and I, yes. I didn't need that. Yeah. I wouldn't wait for them to vote to already know what they thought of, you know, like you just sort of have it decided and, yeah. and you, you know, when the relationship's going to fail and you're, you're waiting for it in six months. Yeah. This is my cycle. That's what I do. Yeah. 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 Which is part of this story we tell ourselves. This is what I do. Right. Disavowing, in a sense, our capacity to influence what it is that we do. Yeah. Isn't that interesting, man? Yeah. That's exactly that. Like, that is exactly what I what I had gone through Mm -hmm. and sort of who I was. And it's a 
No, I, I mean, you may mention it, but maybe it's just a protection. Maybe it's our, that's our safe place where yeah. we don't have to be vulnerable there. Yeah. Yeah. And there was this choice that you made a year ago, which was, it's not working. I'm not sure what I need to do, but I'm going to lean into a space of discomfort and do something I've never would have done before. Get on a plane, go to Italy, hang out with a bunch of strangers, <laughs> right? End up in Pisa late at night with a lesbian couple that I have come to adore. Yeah. Right. Only to find myself engaged to the woman that I love and living out my relationship with the business in a way that is actually more healthy and fruitful for you. Well, the crazy thing is a year and a half ago, Mm. I couldn't see a way out. Yeah. The response was, and honestly, I mean, when it was a family business that we've got. I, I was, I was gearing up to do that for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I did not see a way out. And, uh, and you fast forward a year and a half and look at us now. Look at you now. Yeah. Look at you now. All because you had the guts to listen to what Nicole Glaros suggested. That's really what it was. Or you had the guts to ask her in the first place. Yeah. Well, well, and honestly, man, that's one of the things that I'm most proud of myself for mm-hmm. is noticing that I was broken, mm-hmm. right? Which, which, uh, when you're a warrior in battle, the last thing you want to tell anybody is that, is that it hurts or that you don't know what you're doing or, uh, you know, you're, you're screwing up and you're not sure why. And, and like the, the, you know, I, I did a lot of things really good, but the one thing that I like that I really did right was in that in the middle of that, I wasn't okay with, with hurting the people around me. Mm-hmm. I raised my hand and said, let, let me try and figure this out. Let's go talk to some people. Mm-hmm. And thankfully I've surrounded myself with angels like Nicole mm-hmm. <laughs> to guide me to good people like yourself. It's good. Amen. Well, as as we start to wrap, I'm going to bring your attention back to this beautiful medium post that you wrote. Um, and maybe rather than asking you to read the whole thing, um, that if, if, although there's some great lines in there, like, don't be a wanker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, the, the title of the post is signs you need to leave your startup. And if, uh, if I can ask you to speak to that. Um, cause you just published this in January. Um, tell me a little bit about what are the signs um, that you should uh, leave your startup? Yeah. Well, this, this was sort of, uh, the impetus for this was a conversation that I had with a, with a mentor of mine who had taken another job and was working with, with two co-founders. And one of them was doing great, scaled really well. And the other one wasn't. And he was stuck working under the guy that wasn't. Mm. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know how to tell him that it wasn't there. I, I mean, as as uh, when you start a company, right? You and I start a company. We're both really interested in selling a thing, and we say we should do this, and we say, "Great, let's go do it." But we never talk about how you're going to be when we get to 400 employees, or or are you good at managing, or do you just want to be a technical lead? And then, uh, and so we don't ever we don't ever talk about the nuts and bolts of how that relationship is going to evolve. Um, you know, in, 
in dating, in, in dating, it'd be like not talking about how, what kind of parents we want to be or if we want kids. Right. Mm. And so we, we don't, and we get in there and, uh, and you might be a really good practitioner. We're good at working really hard. Uh, but then, then you have to be a manager that manages the workers. And mm. then you have to be a director that manages managers. And then you got to be a VP with a vision that manage, you know, and on it goes as you scale up. And when you get to be a C-level executive, man, sometimes you don't even want to do that. You don't even want to be there, but we, uh, our self-interests are not aligned with the self-interest of the company. A lot of times in that, uh, we, we get comfortable with a salary with our life and, uh, and then what happens when you're not good at that role, but you're trying to protect your income. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you start hurting people around you, you throw bombs back into the business. So it'll break. So you can prove that you're worth something that you matter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then you can go to work and feel good about your contribution. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really hard to realize the company's running without you. It's just ideally what you want. Uh, but it, but when when it gets there, it's like almost demoralizing because the, this whole company has needed you for so long. So the signs the signs that I noticed to myself that were signs that I needed to leave my startup was were things like, uh, well, I mean they're they're entrepreneur things. It's things like uh, you you don't celebrate success, right? Because startup guys don't, and when you have a whole team of ninety mm. people, they they need that. Mm. Uh, you micromanage. You're the abusive manager, like we talked about before. Mm-hmm. Great, great people want to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, your company has grown, but you haven't. I mean, that's the. I, I may have even heard it on your podcast. With somebody, somebody once said that uh, you know when you when you grow mm-hmm. or, or when you scale, you go from being ten years old to twenty years old, and you buy a new wardrobe every eighteen months. And when you when you grow, you go from ten to twenty, but you wear the same clothes. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I was, you know, I I had grown. I put my head down ten years ago to build this company, and me and my best friend, you know, we we went to it. And then you look up eight years later, and you realize that you have not developed the tools that you need uh, to support a new friendship, or the friendships changed. And you guys, like the tool set that we had to be buddies back in the day, didn't scale with us. Mm-hmm. I guess it's uh, there's a lot of this here where like you. You can fix it if it's one or two things, but but my whole team, like all of us co-founders, were sort of in this space where, gosh, all these things were were breaking. We were, and we we had to ask ourselves if we wanted to scale our own abilities. Did we want to be, you know, do do we want to go through the training it takes to be a great C level executive? Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe not. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not what we're good at or what what makes us happy. And so that's that's what drew a lot of this post out for me. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a brilliant, beautiful post, and I know we'll have a link to it. And one of one of my favorite observations of yours from this is you need people to know how busy you are. Yeah. And. Uh, oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah. That 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 uh, that was the, so so when I broke, uh, it was it was November a year a year ago. So like two. Two years ago, whatever. But I took a trip to Belize. I just, I, I booked a trip. I was like, I got to get away. And I went alone and just went for a week. And uh, I went down there. And and I watched the amount of energy I expended trying to convince people I wasn't on vacation, that I was still <laughs> available via email. And then you come back and they say, how was it? I saw you. And I was like, what are you talking about? I still put my eight hour day in. Don't worry. 
you know, it's just a different window. I'm still working hard. Like I was so obsessed with nobody thinking that I ever, uh, got tired, took a break or, or got a reward. Uh, I was obsessed over it. And, uh, turns out everybody just, they want you to be happy and healthy, right? Like I had the same, when I, when I told people that I was stepping down, I was expecting people to storm out, quit in a, in a huff. Cause I had recruited them there. And I, you know, I had this whole thing worked up in my mind mm. and they all, they just hugged me and congratulations. We're so excited for you. This is going to be so great. Mm. And, uh, and I was, I was like legitimately surprised that they, they just cared about me. Mm. Um, but, uh, like, yeah, that's not, it's not in our entrepreneur nature to ever let people see that side of us. And, and I see that it's funny now on this, on this side, right? Like, as I watch those around me, right. other entrepreneurs doing the same thing, I cringe a little bit. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I, I wish I could give you my life lessons because this isn't what it's about. Or, or, you know, this don't, don't think of your employees like that. That's that you're going to regret saying what you're saying right now mm-hmm. because they mean more than that or you know yeah mm-hmm. it, it's it turns out like most of these th- all these things mm-hmm. that I wrote about in here were all things that uh, that I I'd, I'd seen in more than just myself but uh, were good indicators to me that like I was I'm a, I'm a great entrepreneur but I I uh, I I have my limitations and just understanding those man let's being able to raise my hand in the midst of this and say I'm doing some of these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I should rethink what my contribution to the company is. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the, the crazy thing is, mm-hmm. like, now I got other guys that are in there working hard to make me richer. Like, it's not a bad scenario. This isn't a bad outcome. But it was so devastating in the moment to acknowledge that I wasn't that it, that it, I wasn't perfect. That I didn't have it all figured out. Yeah, it's hard. I, I you know I want to say a couple of things. Because uh, one of the things that we do as coaches is reflect back. Yeah. And so I heard you say, I wish I could share with other entrepreneurs my life lessons. Guess what? You are. And that's a beautiful thing. And the second observation I would make is the guy who was so obsessed about making sure that people knew he was busy. Well, not only has that guy shifted to make room for love in his life in the form of Andrea, Drea, mm-hmm. but when you were describing your colleague's reaction to your decision, the word love came right back to me. Yeah. Because you know, you know why they want to keep you safe and happy and healthy? Because they love you, you big galoot. Yeah. And they've always loved you. And when you open yourself up, you open up potentially to the pain, but you allow that love to come in. And holy crap, ain't that beautiful? Yeah. Yeah. So slowing down. And going on vacation and putting your feet up and walking away from the laptop is an expression of love. Yeah, it is. 
It's, excuse me, it's a... uh, It's okay, Al, everybody. We all know. You've got a reputation. (laughs) I do. Uh, No, but why why go eight years refusing to be loved, man? Yeah. Like, why, why do we do that? Why do we go so long without letting people in? So I'm telling you, on this side of it, gosh, it's better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I will tell you this from my own experience. It's a practice, meaning it's something I still work with every day. You know, my colleagues will say, yeah, Jerry, why don't you let us in and let us love you? Mm. Because like you, I'm a warrior. (laughs) And uh, I'm not a brokenhearted warrior all the time. Sometimes I'm a hard-hearted warrior. And, uh, and the difference is the brokenhearted warrior ends up handing a cubic zirconia Walmart engagement ring to the love of his life. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think... Uh, I think we can end this here. And I want to thank you for your big heart, for your gorgeous gifts, for you being you and what you do for other entrepreneurs all around. Um, I have a feeling there's a lot more to the Al story to come. And, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're in the reboot, the large reboot circle, not just the peer group. And you're part of the family, dude. Thanks, man. You know, yeah, that's that's powerful, man. That's good. Thank you, Jerry. Uh, I love you, buddy. Be love well. you too, man. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving us a rating on iTunes. Your rating is the single most effective way for new listeners to find and enjoy the show. You can also get all Reboot Podcast episodes by signing up at reboot.io slash sign up. There's a link for that in our show notes. I am Dan Putt from Reboot, and you've been listening to the Reboot Podcast. Thanks for joining. How long till my soul gets it right? Can any human being ever reach that kind of light? I call on the resting soul of Galileo. Ready for a more in-depth journey of radical self-inquiry? We've developed a new free five-day email course designed to explore and work with your shadow. Get started at reboot.io slash shadow.